we were very excited. Um, we really wanted a change to get out of the UK. Um, he'd actually gone for a, an interview for the same job the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, we came out, we had a look around the place. We absolutely loved it, um, fell in love with Viola, and then he didn't get the job. Um, so we'd already kind of mentally moved a year uh, previous. Um, and then he got a call a year later um, and they offered him the job and we were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. So it was not a problem for you to move uh, to Denmark and kind of move your entire life uh, or quit um, whatever you were doing in Denmark and just kind of relocate in uh, or in the UK and relocate into Denmark. So that wasn't... Uh, um, No, no, because of the year before, um, mm-hmm. I knew that I needed to get out of the job that I was in. It kind of gave me that impetus, the push mm-hmm. to leave already. So um, I'd already kind of, the wheels were already in motion uh, by that point. Um, so I'd already let my, left my job. I was um, getting ready to actually do my, my yoga training in the UK. So, uh, yeah. It didn't at the time. It didn't feel like it was um, it was going to be a huge transition. We'd actually moved quite a lot during our time in the UK as well, so we were used to packing up boxes and and moving around. So, what was the hardest uh, thing moving to Denmark for you uh, when you first moved to Denmark? Well, for me, at the at the time, I was actually going through a bit of an identity crisis because I'd quit my job and didn't really know who I was and then kind of planted myself in, in Denmark and my husband was at work and I was stuck in this pokey little apartment um, <laughs> kind of going, going crazy and it was um, starting to come to autumn time, so it was cold and rainy. Not that that's not what it's like in the UK, but... Yeah, I was struggling with who I actually was at that point, so it was it was quite a huge thing in the end. It felt so. It definitely opened your eyes uh, when you were living in Denmark to think differently or look for different things to do and find yourself uh, yeah. while you were living in Denmark. What? Why did you think you felt like lost or um, yeah? Before you moved to Denmark and then when you moved here. What was the main reason that you felt r- lost or and then you kind of like, this is what I want to do. I want to do yoga and I want to do this. What made you uh, come up with that and realize that's what you wanted to do? Um, I'd already always been interested in yoga and we were on a fertility journey um, and I was doing lots of holistic things to um, to try and help myself. Uh, and I was um, going to yoga regularly, and I saw how much it helped me get through difficult times. And I really wanted to offer that uh, to other people. I wanted to be of service, basically. Okay, so that's uh, what uh, yoga did for you. Um, did you did you do your yoga class uh, yoga class here in Denmark, or uh, did you do your whole Uh, program and classes in the UK while you're living in Denmark. No, I did my training in uh, in Denmark. How was uh, how was the um, with the language barrier? Uh, were you able to do it in, in English? Yeah, um, so I had two two teachers. One was uh, an Australian um, guy, and one was an American guy. Um, so that 
obviously helped immensely. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to have done it at all. Uh, so, yeah, that was great to have found um, two teacher training courses uh, with English speaking uh, people. So, yeah, that helped me a lot. Um, do you do, now do you do uh, yoga classes or yoga? Um, I know it's Corona times, but are, are you doing yoga classes and where are you doing uh, yoga classes and your um which city or what are you doing uh, to help people through this stress? Uh, so during um, Corona, it, when it first started and we all went down and we were on lockdown, I was teaching online. All my classes were, were cancelled um, physically. Uh, but I, I teach at FOF and that's kind of around the country. Um, so I have a couple of classes there. Fortunately, they came back on um, from... August, so I've actually had a good season of uh, of being able to teach yoga physically, and and it felt it just felt amazing to actually be able to be in the same physical spaces as other people, uh, as opposed to uh, you know how we're talking now via Zoom. Um, it was a bit more challenging, but you you have to adapt, don't you, during mm-hmm. these times? Yeah, you definitely do. Um, either online or uh, with with Denmark opening up places, just doing it uh, in small, smaller groups and not have so many different uh, people come in like we used to have it. where, it, And we took advantage of it a little bit. <laughs> like you never knew how free it was uh, before yeah. Corona where you can just go to the gym or you can just go to a, a, a class and not worry about um, getting um, something mm-hmm. and yeah. not be stressed. Um, yeah. And as an international mom, first moving in uh, Den- Denmark or in general abroad during these Corona times, it has to be hard for them because they are isolated. It, mm. You're even more isolated because you can't really go out and meet yeah. anyone. Yeah, yeah. What would be your tips for any international moms that uh, or parents that just moved abroad and are going through these stressful times? Stressful of moving into a new country and then now putting on top of this you have to stay home movement Mm -hmm. what would you uh, what would you recommend or what would you uh, give them as tips to be insane and not go crazy Um, I mean, one thing you can do, um, I mean, I've written a few different things, but I think Facebook, use social media, um, use these kind of platforms, Zoom, actually um, stay connected with people, whether that's people from home um, or you join new groups. So we have lots of different groups, don't we, on Mm -hmm. on, uh, on Facebook. And I think um, you've got to put yourself out there and be willing to put yourself out there uh, to, to meet people, even if it's via this. I, I've, I've spoken to lots of people who have um, coffee dates um, or even kind of take their phone out with them um, whilst they're speaking to people and go for a walk uh, and so that they can show them where they live. Um, so stay connected with people. Don't shut yourself off. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I never knew about Facebook groups until I actually moved abroad. Um, I never knew Facebook 
offer these groups that you were <laughs> in into and uh, a category that you're into. So I was really surprised uh, when I moved to Denmark and you can join the, all these different kind of groups for international moms living abroad. And that really helped me as a first time mom. And also mm-hmm. as a international moving abroad. So there's a different ways that mm-hmm. it can help you. And you can also find little niches in your own area, like yoga moms in Denmark or something like that. There's probably a group for that. Way there's until pro- you go. The, set one up. Huh? If there isn't, set one up. Yeah, that's true. Like if, if there's no there's no group that you're particularly you can't particularly find, set one up and then people attract to it. And mm-hmm. I, yeah. there's always so many different people setting up groups. Um, I have uh, two, and then but that that's about it. And a lot of people go to it, and it's nice uh, to just that's how you meet people. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know whether the sound uh, is is funny on your end, um, but uh, it's just a little bit on mine, so I just wanted to say that. Oh, is it better oh. now? Yeah, mm. we're we're, all, we're talking on the phone, um, so this mm. is why the the sound is so different um, with if, the recording. If there, <laughs> if there is any problem, we can call you back with yeah. a little song. So we keep carry on, and if there is any problem. <laughs> We called you back. Okay. We got your okay? number. <laughs> is the sound okay now? No, it's fine. You just sound a bit like a robot. So I don't know whether I sound like a robot when I'm No, no, you, you sound no, completely no. fine. <laughs> yeah, this is, we have to get used to technology now. This is like the way yeah, that uh, they're forcing us to communicate and be social is yeah. technology. We can't be together anymore. So oh, I can't be together yeah. with anyone that I choose. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't listen to these people. <laughs> <laughs> so um, well, let's talk about your son. You had your son here in Denmark. Um, what was yeah. the experience of having, uh, giving birth I- in Denmark for you? Um, well, I've got nothing to compare it to. No, the, yeah, same for me. <laughs> my first one, um, yeah. um, but I I thought it was a it was a great experience. Um, I felt very free to choose um, different options. I wanted a home birth. I wanted a water birth. Um, so all those options were were on the table for me. So I, I felt very supported in in kind of the the choices that I I wanted to make and even when that didn't it didn't go um to plan um then I felt like there were I felt in control in a way if that makes sense that um I still uh could make my own choices um even when we were taken to hospital so um yeah I, I actually ultimately it was a as good as an experience as it, it could have been. What was there anything particular that uh, st- stood out to you giving birth in in Denmark that you thought like oh it's going to be this way but it wasn't really that way for me. Um, everyone's like oh yeah the pain is is uh, really hard. I was like ah yeah you know I'm, I'm high pain tolerant but once that that uh, contractions hit I'm like. Yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> was there anything that was that you thought when you were going to give birth to your son was it going to be one way, but it was completely opposite? Yeah, I think I guess I thought it would be more painful, um, and 
I, I don't know. It would. I guess you don't really know, do you? No. When you f- <laughs> it's your first time, you, you have no idea what's going to happen and what to expect. Um, and I'm just grateful that I gave myself lots of tools, lots of breathing mm-hmm. techniques. Um, I got my uh, husband on board um, and I used all the tools like rebozo, acupressure, um, anything that they they could offer me as I was really trying to stay away from um, having like a a drug free. I wanted a drug free birth, but uh, I needed to have morphine um, and I kind of accepted that. And I think that's the thing. You've just got to accept the journey that you're going to have and uh, you may have expectations but as in life things don't really go the way you necessarily expect them to so um, yeah to be able to go with the flow um, I was surprised by my myself to be honest that I I actually just totally went into into the zone and uh, yeah, yeah. That, that surprised me because I have a very very low pain threshold so um I was very surprised by my ability and I think that's the thing we we just don't I I don't know whether there's positive there's not a positive light shone on on natural birth giving Mm -hmm. um trusting that your body is is made to made to give birth um I know there are there are situations there are circumstances but to, to go into it trusting that you have what you need yeah definitely and I thought for me that I can go through it with like um, no medicine no nothing and then I surprised myself when I was like oh my gosh this is like Mm -hmm. the worst thing ever but I also I didn't go in (laughs) go in prepared Um, Mm -hmm. I and I did breathing techniques but I didn't I just thought it would be like oh yeah I can I can do it Um, but (laughs) After that, I was like, I am not never going to do that again. But now I, I won't jump to the conclusion. It's like, yeah, that, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. And now I, every every person I know that gave birth, I'm just like, you are the most courageous woman in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. just makes you look at um, someone that's given birth and just like, wow. It's like, you are incredible. Yeah. <laughs> if you went, went through what I went yeah. through. It's yeah. like mommy, mommy yeah. power. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I think we we don't appreciate the the capabilities that we have, and I think that definitely opened my my own eyes to my own capability, um, and that I was so much more capable of achieving things. If you can do that, I think you can you can do anything, really. Yeah, that's how I actually felt after giving birth with my first one, Amika. Mm-hmm. After I gave birth to her, I was like, wow, I can do anything. If I can mm. do that, go through that mm. for 17 hours, holy crap. Like, imagine, you know, if mm. I put my mind to something else um, and do yeah. that. I think I think it was incredible and, you know, inc- incredible journey. I, mm. I had to take the um, epidural, but at the same time, it was because my, my pain was extremely high and I couldn't control it and I, I wasn't mm. prepared to control it yeah yeah but I ended um either way I went through the whole thing uh, and ended up doing c-section so I couldn't go um go through the whole birthing process which I, I was actually sad about because I was like yeah. oh 
I went all through that, and then I had to, you know, just do yeah. C-section. So it mm-hmm. gets you kind of sad. And then, you know, your body gets stressed, too, after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because it hasn't gone through um, the, the, the actual birthing process. No. Nope. It's yeah. trying to go through it, and it's yeah. and you can't. And then mm. you just do a short, not a shortcut. Like it's C-section's a major no, thing. No, God, not a shortcut yeah. at all. No, yeah, it's I mean. not. It's just it was just needed uh, for for me. Every person's different, so I commend. And I guess it. your body body doesn't release the hormones um, that uh, it would if it goes through the the actual birthing process, does it? So it's. As you say, it kind of like st- stunts and stops things. So yeah, mm. so your body doesn't know it doesn't know what's going on. No, nope. yeah, mm. and then uh, afterwards, the whole healing process is, yeah. is yeah. also stressful because now you have a new baby, and yeah. uh, you're a new mom. You're living in yeah. a foreign country. It's mm-hmm. it's so stressful for international yeah. parent to just yeah. go through that, and then. You know, I didn't really have any friends that are parents because you know you're new, new in the new country. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, so unless you already had friends before that are kids, that have mm-hmm. kids, so you can kind of talk to them. But it's it's stressful on the mom um, going through the whole process of being a new mom, um, going mm-hmm. through the birthing and being in a foreign country. It's a whole different uh, uh, ball game if you were, you know, giving birth in your home country. It's a mm. compl- you have family, yeah. you have friends, yeah. you have everyone You've supporting got the support you. Support system, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. you're yeah. stressed, and you know your your parents can come and take care of the baby for a couple hours and sleep. Mm. Like here, if yeah. you're like for example, you and your husband, you don't really have your immediate family to come and watch Elias, so you're no. you're just taking it up all on your own. Mm. Yeah. So, for a mom, um, and. You said that you had in your first year as a uh, as a mom in an international uh, country. What were you? What was going through your mind those first uh, couple months when you first had Elias, your son, and being a new mom in a foreign country? Uh, what was your experience during that time? Um, it was pretty rough. I had uh, postnatal depression, which probably didn't help that I was in um, in another country and, and didn't have that support system. Um, and so the first four months I was I was in a really bad way and I, I couldn't I also couldn't ask for help. I didn't feel like I could ask anyone to help me, even though I was. I was part of a mother's group and um, mother in the mother and I can't remember if um, I'd uh, I'd been put into a small mother's group as well. I can't remember if that had happened at that time, possibly, but I wasn't able to ask for help. I thought that I could just I was very kind of in in martyr state so I was a martyr and just thought I could do everything and I think before you have a child you're you're all independent and you think that you can do everything by yourself and you don't want to ask anybody because you feel like you're um you're you're a failure you're you're not coping and you should be able to to do all of these things um so i really really struggled um in the beginning um it was really hard even to ask my partner to mm-hmm. do things i really struggled to ask for help anywhere 
What do you think helped you um, get those get through those uh, couple first months with your son? I'm not sure to be honest. I I, I just took every day um, at a time, and I, there were many times when I just wanted to not even pack a bag, just get my passport and just get on a plane and and leave and leave them both. I mean, it was the thoughts that went through my mind were, if I look back now, pretty pretty dark and pretty scary um but then I started doing um I was meant to do a, a, a mommy and baby yoga course mm-hmm. was what actually helped me get out of my um slump out of the dark period moving my body because I wasn't moving my body at all when um I first had Elias and I, I wasn't I was holding him all the time I mean mm-hmm. literally I was he was on me all the time. I wasn't showering. I wasn't really eating um, good food. I wasn't taking care of myself. So I was actually forced whilst doing the, the um, putting my course together. I had to ask my husband, you've got to take care of him now so that I can go and put a class together. Um, and so all of those things started to make me think, okay, I'm not actually taking care of myself and I need to... I need to take steps. I need to actually look at this and take it seriously because it could have taken me down a really, really dark um, path. Uh, and I, I don't even want to think about where that could have been. But so I'm really grateful for my yoga course. Uh, it, it changed. It changed everything. Yeah. And also with with that uh, yoga course and then uh, having your son, it definitely changed the course of uh, what you wanted to do in Denmark too, right? Um, that you wanted to start uh, more of the yoga to improve yourself, uh, maybe help other mothers uh, get through um, what they're going through, especially international mothers that are struggling and we don't want to ask for help and we think we can just you know, get through it on our, on our own. But mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to have another person, another mother. And I think that's the reason for the uh, mother group is to be able to talk to another mother. It's like, yeah, hard mm-hmm. times yesterday, you know, so-and-so didn't sleep. I've been up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't shower today. And it's just finding that um, that balance of uh, finding help and then also helping others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're meant to come together, especially especially women moms um we used to back in the day have a community and we would all help each other out and that's kind of um what i really uh, have been trying to focus on since having my son trying to build that community uh that support network um and through the yoga through the through the mommy um groups and putting on um, different things like retreats or workshops. Um, so yeah, and just being there, just being there, and knowing how hard it is, and and being a support for for other people. Yeah, um, when you put the put together this yoga retreat, when was it that uh, that clicked in your head that this is. Well, this was meant for you. Uh, was it that time when you gave Elias to your to your husband, and then you realized, oh, I, I need to take care of myself, or was it further down uh, the road where you started uh, helping other mothers? When when did that moment click for you that 
um, you needed help and this this is what uh, is helping you? I think it definitely started when I put the, uh, the yoga course on. That was definitely the start. Um, but I was then going through my own journey mm-hmm. of needing um, of needing help um, and learning learning to ask um, for support uh, and time um, to take care of myself. Uh, and it probably wasn't until Elias started in um, daycare that I actually started to get some physical space mm. uh, so that I could breathe and think. And then... Once you've taken care of yourself uh, and, you know, that saying of, of you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't really take care of anybody else. So it wasn't until that time, maybe when he started to go off um, and get, gave me space that I was able to nurture myself and then and then be able to um, offer support to other other women. And I think it's really important that, you know, mothers take care of themselves because if they don't take care of themselves, how can they, how can we take care of our our family? Yeah. If we're falling apart uh, now at this moment, um, how can we keep it together to, you know, raise a happy, happy kids or keep our uh, partners happy Uh, if we're falling apart ourselves? um, Mm. We can, we can mask it and pretend and keep it going, but there's moments, um, you know, when you're masking it, all of a sudden it just all comes falling apart like a dominoes, yeah. and it just starts yeah. coming out. And if we just, if we mothers just uh, realize it or just say, okay, yeah, I need help now, and uh, I'm stressed, um, let's find help. I think that's when we realize that we can uh, get through this and ask ask for help from our our friends or that's why I, I you know when you asked me uh, how i was doing and i told you i'm really stressed and then mm-hmm. you you gave me tools to de-stress and i think we just need to be able to be vulnerable for yeah. people to help us and yeah. i think when we first um not first met because we met a couple times but you know the last time we met um for the first time in a very long time because you know our mm-hmm. kids are grown um yeah. not our kids but our, our first my first daughter is uh, f- almost four and your son uh mm-hmm. is three so it was it was like two years since we, we've mm-hmm. seen each other uh, since that mo- th- first mother group yeah. And then uh, we saw each other again, and you asked me, it's like, how are you doing? It's like, oh, good. But to be honest, I'm stressed. And and then that's when you're like, oh, well, you know, these are tools that help me. And then, you know, we I opened up to you, and then you, you showed me how to just de-stress and um, release myself uh, from, you know, all this pressure of being a mom, being an international mom, or, you know, trying to keep this – posture of like oh yeah I could do it all but I'm Mm. really inside I'm falling apart (laughs) yeah yeah and I think that's it isn't it we we need to let go of expectations and also um comparing ourselves to others because you can only see what other people want you to see and they may seem very put together mm-hmm. and like they've, they've got their shit together and they're handling it all and, and as you say behind the scenes and internally they're not they're not they're totally faking it but so it's to um to not compare yourself to to other 
people's journeys um, and to, yeah, to let go of those expectations of, of being able to, to do everything. Because personally, I don't think it's, it's not possible to be all things to all people and still be um, not lose your mind completely. <laughs> so pick the things, pick the things that matter, pick the people that matter, pick the projects that matter um, and let everything else go. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think being an international mom, um, you have the pressure of like speaking the language, being, um, you know, all there for your 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 kids that speak multiple, like two languages, maybe three languages. And then you have to maintain those languages with them, especially with my daughter. She speaks more Danish than English. And sometimes I'm like, what are you talking about? And so that puts pressure on me. Yes, I know I have to learn Danish and I do know Danish, but that's like another pressure that we put upon ourselves. It's like, yeah, I need to uh, know Danish so I can speak to her teacher. And I struggle at that. Um, I speak to them in Danish, but it's not, the best Danish and I just feel like a step lower and like I don't feel smart or you know like with the yeah. language barrier yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and I so that's, that's expectation isn't it I mean I have been learning Danish for five years and I keep Fortunately, we live in a, in a very international city, um, and I think that really helps, that there's a very big international community. Um, but again, to not put your put the pressure on yourself, I just keep telling myself, I am learning it, and it's, it may take me another five years. I hope not, because it's uh, I, I want to kind of be able to understand and, um, and be able to speak it. But I have let go of those expectations of... I must learn Danish and I must learn it by X date and um, let that go because it's not going to help you. And it's not going to help you learn the language either. It's just going to make it a chore um, and you want to make it interesting and fun. So, uh, yeah, another expectation to try and let go of. Yeah, definitely. And I think language is the big one of the biggest expectations. Uh, living abroad is getting that language. And unfortunately... I love living in Denmark, but it's that one of the hardest language to learn because mm. of the pronunciation. Mm. Um, if it was more uh, phonetic where, you know, when you see it, you can say it. But mm. Danish is if you see it, you say like three of the letters. Yeah. And then you have to like. <laughs> so it doesn't help. Or if it's like a whole big sentence and it's like you have to roll over the whole sentence to make it actually makes sense but if you say every single word like a normal language you say every single word that is in that sentence it's uh, normal but if, in danish you have to roll over the entire sentence and mush it together and then that's what it, it's meant <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and then with my daughter speaking danish um i'm really afraid not afraid but when she gets older um, I won't understand her mm, and yeah. I'm trying to push more of the English and it's she knows how to speak English and she knows how to switch Danish to English she knows the difference but I was like oh no when you become a teenager you could so trick me <laughs> <laughs> because I yeah. did I did it as you know as because um, my mom 
um, is from the Philippines. I'm also from the Philippines, but I grew up in the U.S. So um, I didn't trick her, but you know, the lang- there's a language barrier. So I'm like, I'd say one thing. It's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it's going to come back 10 times to me. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's going to be my punishment for, for doing that to my mom. <laughs> payback time. Yeah, it is. It's going to be payback time. And now I understand, like, how stressful it must have been for my mom to be living in a new country, raising her family, and now I'm doing the same thing. And when I was living in the U.S. as a small child, I was like, oh, this is fun, this is great. Mm-hmm. But I never mm-hmm. realized what stress my, my parents went through, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Now going it gives, through it. It gives you compassion, doesn't it, for other for, for people. Um, and I think that's the great thing about moving abroad, uh, moving to another country is um, your your empathy mm-hmm. increases because you you know how challenging things are. So I think it's it's although it's tough, I think it's great for your your growth. Yeah, I think it, it, I also agree with that with the growth, but also it, it keeps you it can either age you or keep you young because you're always constantly thinking. Yeah. When I was living back in Los Angeles, it's a, co- a constant hamster wheel. It's like you get up, you go to breakfast, uh, you eat breakfast, you go to work, you come home. Um, and then you do that in the circle like every, every day. And then the weekends you go with family or go to parties or, yeah, whatever you do in the weekends. Mm. But it's constantly like that. But being an international parent, it's like, okay, you get up, uh, you eat. Uh, breakfast and then you try to maneuver with the language uh, each mm. morning that's what I do with my you know with my um, with my daughter or my son's Bernahau and I speak Danish to them so it's like okay I gotta tell them this you know today about what happened all in Danish so in my mind I'm like okay I'm gonna say it this way am I saying the yeah. Danish right are they gonna understand yeah. me so your head is already spinning if um, mm. about learning the language yeah. and then from there it's um, you know if you're going grocery shopping, like, of course, now I've been living here for a couple uh, years now, so I know what to get and I don't have to do Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but it's always good, moving. Good tool. Yes, that's it. That's it. I think it, uh, it definitely um, helps your your mental um, ability. And I was just going to say what I feel has helped me is, is meditation because that kind of gets rid of um, all the crap that's not needed in the brain um, so that you've got a clear uh, a clear way of, of thinking so um, yeah I totally agree it's it's good for you good for your brain the meditation for stress oh meditation for stress but just generally yeah. you know the new language being in another country but meditation for stress with, without a doubt that was one thing that that saved me for sure. I also I I've tried to meditate, but my mind is just like a roller coaster of emotions, like not emotions, but of like what I need to do and how to get there, and then what I'm doing the next day, and then I think it's just because I have kids, it's just like what I have to do for my kids, and then for myself, and then for my partner, and then in general as a living situation, it's like. Uh, that is the practice though and I think people there's a misconception of meditation that you have to sit down and your mind has to be clear from the moment you sit down Mm -hmm. but that's the practice the practice is sitting there with whatever comes up and allowing 
um, it takes time and it's like any other uh, habit. It takes time for um, for it to become a habit and you have to be able to just kind of sit and allow things to come and then allow things to settle. It's like if you jump into a muddy puddle, it will. It takes time for the mud to settle back down um, onto the ground so that the water is clear. That is basically the same as, as meditating. You need to be able to just sit there and allow things to be all muddy and then things start to, to settle. So that is the practice. Yeah. And I, I need to be able to do that. It's just sit. It doesn't have to be, you know, 10, 20 minutes. But I, I even tried I even tried to sit there for five minutes. I'm like, <laughs> I started with a one minute practice and that was the increase. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now I can sit for 20, 25 minutes, no problem. But to begin with, all I could commit to was one to two minutes and then I was done. But it's the repetition. So then the next day, do one minute and the next day, do one minute. And then maybe after a month, build it to two minutes or mm. three minutes. But do something. Don't do nothing. Do something every day, something small every day. And after three months, you may be at five minutes and you've learned to be able to sit. So um, build it up. That's kind of how I did it for myself. Um, one minute every day for three months. And then I felt such a huge shift. It was it was incredible. With the, with the stress and just being an international uh, mom, I can see the benefits of that because our – or my brain is cut cl cluttered with uh, mm, everything yeah. from yeah, yeah. The culture, uh, which I'm, I'm getting used to. Uh, but language is still always a big struggle. I think it'll always yeah. be a struggle for the rest of my time in Denmark. I will mm. never be able to know or speak D Danish like mm -hmm. an, uh, someone that was born and raised here, like my kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So I just um, need to accept that. And then also with, with the meditation, I think that will just help me be okay with not speaking the language. <laughs> and help anyone yeah. out, um, any of the listeners out there uh, to just, you know, sit for one minute and just think of, you know, um, and think of what's going on or whatever is going through your mind and just accept it and then move yeah. on and do that yeah. every day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And then so increase it. Bring yourself to to focus on the breath mm -hmm. um, for counting meditation. So that actually helps the brain, um, the mind focus on something. So you, I mean, there are lots of different meditations, but the one that worked for me was the counting one because I, mm -hmm. I needed my mind to um, focus on something so that I didn't just get up and say, this is, this is bullshit. Um <laughs> Counting from one to ten and then starting again, um, that was the one that really kind of uh, stuck with me. Um, but generally, it, you come to your breath, just breathe. And I know that sounds stupid and like whatever, but uh, yeah. It makes sense, though, the counting one, because you're just counting. Maybe counting Danish. 
counting Danish. Yeah, exactly. you, yeah you're yeah. practicing Danish <laughs> and meditating <laughs> at the same yeah, time yeah. because yeah, we all know uh, yeah. counting in Danish is backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was actually one of the hardest um, thing for me was counting in Danish right. uh, because it was backwards. Mm-mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. The numbers are all kind of mixed up. Yeah. 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 So that was a, the struggle for me. But now I think I'm going to try meditating and counting, yeah. but in Danish. So it's like two birds with one stone. That's what you call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Multitasking, I mean. <laughs> yeah. So let's shift a little bit. I wanted to talk about these oils that you got me addicted to. Thank you. I feel like yeah, it's like a, a drug. You're like my oil, sl- oil smuggler. Pusher. Huh? An oil pusher. Yeah, you're an oil pusher. Oil pusher. But to be honest, it, it, it's... I'll never apologize for that. <laughs> But to be honest, it's, I'm not, it's really helped me. Just the smell, the putting it on, you know, in the uh, this um, humidifier or diffuser and uh, just being able to, it just opens my senses and... Um, One of my favorite is like the peppermint one. It just opens mm. my sinuses and just like releases. It feels like it like takes the weight off my shoulder mm. when I don't have weight, but like mental weight. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, can you talk about a little bit of like the oils and why you got me addicted? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of the business model, man. What was that? That's the business model. Yeah, yeah, yeah get you get you addicted and then Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just like I crave it. Like when I'm like there's pressure and I'm just like oh, I just need to sniff something. <laughs> it sounds yeah. horrible. Yeah. It sounds so horrible. <laughs> But at least it's healthy. Well, that's it. It's nature. <laughs> synchronizes with the um with the oils and the you know we're one and the same basically so i'm sitting here with all my oils as well but i got into them because last year i was still going through some really difficult times um and i felt very flat very unmotivated um and not connected uh with my own life and i i actually went to the doctors and um and told her that I thought that I was still suffering with maybe birth trauma or postnatal depression and, you know, what are those options? Um, so, and I, I didn't really want to go down that route. So a friend also, you know, came, she came around, showed me um, uh, the oils and I actually haven't been back to the doctors since last September. And mm. for me, it's just, is amazing. I've given myself, one of the greatest tools and I felt like I'd got a lot of tools already I mean the meditation yoga healthy mm-hmm. eating, generally taking care of myself I, I still felt that there was something missing and this feels like uh, that missing part uh, to the jigsaw puzzle um, because as you say I mean you only have to smell them and you will you feel I feel instantly um, reconnected with myself uh, so uh, yeah I mean generally they supported my mental emotional and, and physical health so all round um, 
tool that I can offer myself, my family, and and obviously my friends. Because if it if it helps me so much, then I want to share that with with others. So uh, yeah, yeah. I was really happy that you were able to share with me because I did open up with uh, to you about my stress <laughs> and what I'm going through, and you could have kept it all to yourself and say, yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> but you saw me struggling and, you know, I've had hard, not hard times or anything. It was just at that moment that I just felt like everything was stressful with with my uh, current position in my uh, work. And then, um, you know, trying to start uh, this podcast, having two kids. It just always just felt so like weighed on me. Yeah. And then. Yeah, and then you introduced me to some amazing oils, and from there I've been addicted, and it's, it really helped me. So I think mm-hmm. it, it's really great that you're able to share, you know, what helped you get through uh, the moment of depression or stress that uh, you were going through last year um, with yourself or finding yourself, and you shared it with me, and I wanted to share it with you know, with the um, with the audience or with the listeners, because it helped me so much. Just um, sounds horrible, like sniffing oil. <laughs> better than glue. <gasps> yeah, that's true. It's, better than glue. Yeah, but it's much better than uh, sniffing glue. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> glue is good, but then it gives you a headache, honey. <laughs> uh. But. With, I was already obsessed with oils before, but not like, uh, you know, for different reasons. Like, uh, I love coconut oil uh, because I grew up in the Philippines, or not grew up in the Philippines, but uh, I'm from the Philippines, so coconut oil is like essential there. So, like, I love putting that on my skin and my hair. And then I love uh, castor oil for putting, you know, hair hair growth uh, because I lost a lot of hair <laughs> with my, my kids. <laughs> they they make my all. hair fall out. <laughs> it doesn't show at all. <laughs> no, because I've been using castor oil on my hair, and it's like super thick because of it. Wow! Yeah, and then tree tree uh, tree tree tea tree oil <laughs> tree tree. So, like, I already knew about oils, but for different reasons. I never thought of using them for stress or mental block or um, just emotional feelings. Mm-mm. Yeah, and that, I think that's a really big one for me. Um, I use them a lot for uh, emotional support mm-hmm. and also emotional release because the oils have um, all have frequencies and and everything is made up of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the frequency of um, emotions um, match the frequency of oils, and so you can use them to actually release emotions that you're not even uh, aware of that are being stored in the body. Um, you can use them to let things go mm-hmm. very organically and naturally, and and for me that is. I mean, what a gift. You don't have to spend all this time in, in therapy. Yeah, I was about to say that, a mental the- hospital or therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. no. Um, just kind of regurgitating your, your shit all the time. For me, that's kind of been the next level um, up uh, over the past kind of maybe six months during this time where we've all been locked down and having to kind of deal with all the things that are going on. 
Um, I use the oils to release emotions that then helps me just kind of um, live my best day, um, live my best life, and yeah, what a tool. Yeah, and for the listeners, I know this is not for everyone so this is just talking about my experience becky's experience so everyone's experience can be completely different like oils for other people can be like yeah that's a bunch of bs but this is what we're experiencing and we just want to share it to people if they're going through some stress or some something that they're going through and need some tools this is this is what helped me uh, during my stressful time, uh, you know, this year with my job and everything. And then this is what helped Becky last, last year with, you know, finding herself with, you know, identity crisis. Is that what you call it? Like in a way. So this is what helped us. And we're just sharing what helped us. And it, maybe it won't work for, for some of, for, for some other people and they have doubts and they, they found other tools and we're, I'm very happy that you found other tools, but this is just what we're going through and what helped us get through this. I think you need to have a number of different tools, don't yeah. you? I mean, I, a lot of things um, that I that I do um, on top of sniffing oils, as you put it. <laughs> uh, so we need to call it something else. <laughs> what can we call it that's more like appealing and nice? <laughs> well, unfortunately, you cannot snore them. So. No, no. <laughs> But things like having a gratitude practice, um, Mm. that's one thing that um, another thing that's really helped me um, just kind of see the good in and the positive in in all situations. Um, So having having a gratitude practice is simple. It's free um, and very easy to implement. Um, I've got uh, something like breathing. Just I don't know that sounds stupid. I br- you know I breathe all the time. <laughs> but are you actually breathing down into your belly? Maybe so. Just doing some belly breathing is going to help um, get you out of your uh, fight or flight um, response. So. Yeah, moving your body, spend time in nature, nurture yourself. I mean, self-care, I think, is such a big buzzword, and, and maybe you love it, maybe you hate it, but taking care of yourself is hugely, hugely important. So there's lots of things you can do um, to, to help support you. Yeah. Um, you know what? You, you might be surprised as you think that people... Uh, when you you mentioned the breathing, okay, yeah. I take you some tell you a, a little short story. A friend of mine was having a really bad time with anxiety, a flatmate of mine, yeah. and uh, uh, he was going into panic attack modes, and it was like already four or five days yeah. that he was actually struggling, couldn't sleep or anything. So I took him to to the hospital yeah. in Homerton, in Hackney, and uh, you know to see if the because it was just uh, too much, mm-hmm. and you know. We thought they're gonna give him some tranquilizer or whatever to calm yeah. him down. No, the doctor said to him, "You know, you need to breathe. You need wow. to learn how to breathe. You know, yeah. we won't give you anything yet. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn how to breathe. You know." And he actually mm-hmm. said at that point, because he started doing it, it helped him. It took him immediately out of the anxiety after like well, not immediately, but after five minutes of mm-hmm. proper breathing. And the doctor said to him, "Listen, people doesn't know how to breathe." Yeah. <laughs> so it's not yeah. a it's not a Google thing. Mm-hmm. No. You know, it's actually pr- primordial. 
Yeah. 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 And because it's an automatic autonomic response, because we we just breathe automatically, we don't we don't associate that um, actually breathing is controlled. You can control it to change your state of mind. You can change your emotional state simply by changing um, uh, the way that you breathe, and that, and and that's crazy, Dave. I mean, that uh, the doctor the lo- the doctor said that because it's not something that you get taught. No one, no one no. really, you don't get taught how to breathe. You just do it naturally and take for granted. Just, because when you have a cold and you can't breathe, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> I want to be able to breathe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it's funny because uh, emotional response gave you to give, uh, any emotional response take you to f- uh, uh, physiological response to, mm. you know, which is according to that. So if you are in fear, you know, there's going to be a physiological answer to that yeah. fear. Yeah. So yeah. as yeah. soon as you change the physiological answer, you might come out of the motion. Yeah. 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 I should be a yeah. doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone should learn how to breathe, and that will. Yes. Most likely, give your stress away or kind of release stress because sometimes I do just need to breathe. If I'm going through something, it's just like stop, <laughs> breathe. Yeah. It's like okay, I just needed that moment, and then go do whatever yeah. I need to do or yeah. deal with my whiny baby or you know yeah. like some <laughs> something. Exactly. Just go and count to ten um, in Danish. Breathe <laughs> in Danish, of course. Uh, <laughs> Uh, from 10 to 1 just to overcomplicate it but breathe all the way down into the belly because if you're just breathing into um, and that's how what I found when I um, first started doing my training that I was actually only breathing into my throat and my chest so I was in a state of um, fight or flight all the time and that's pretty much most people we're in a state of fight or flight we're in, we've activated the stress response and um, you, you've you got to just simply, simply breathe all the way down into the belly uh, and that will then help kind of balance um, your two, um, the parasympathetic and the uh, sympathetic nervous system uh, so that you can get yourself out of that stressful um, state of mind. Yeah, and that's a really good tip because we just, a lot of us just need to breathe and we forget, we forget it because we're so stressed of, uh, I'm just giving an example because we're living it as an international mom. We are so stressful of the language, uh, the new uh, country, you know, raising our kids, the culture, the, you know, two or three, maybe four uh, languages and culture in one household that uh, we forget to just relax and breathe. And yeah, I'm breathing right now. (laughs) You've got to remind yourself to do it. It isn't until you build that muscle up. um, It's it's a constant reminder to, to do that. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your life with us and um you know what helped you get through the stress uh here in denmark being an international mom um and adding 
you know, helping other moms out there, especially me. You've helped me through my stressful times. And I'll have uh, a Becky's contact on uh, my webpage. So if you guys want to learn more about oils or just getting de-stressed or uh, maybe be part of her yoga online that she does in Zoom, I'll have all that on my website. So thank you, Becky, again. And then thank you for the listeners. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for the listeners uh, for listening to this and being a part of this podcast and radio show. Don't forget to follow me on the social media. Yeah. Bye, guys.